Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And that theme music is still the best thing on the show, wouldn't you say? It may scare a few listeners off, but you know. We're, we're edgy like that. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie and Matthew run around the house singing the damn song, so it's got to be pretty damn good. Well done for that. You are listening to the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, coming from you from our secret location in a filthy storeroom hidden somewhere in Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? No. And exciting news, um, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork now has its own uh, Twitter account. Oh, my goodness. So... Uh, Customers of Landspeed Records are no longer subjected to random rugby league-related tweets. I've got a new outlet for them. That's that's uh, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I remember. And, I remember in the, the first the first days, the earlier days of Twitter. Um, I had a customer, and and they said, "I, you know, can you please cut the um the football-related tweets?" And then I tweeted something about um Robbie Farah, and that was it. They sent this unfollow message to me. That's very good. But, but anyway, yes, unfollow. They just um, wanted they just wanted the music. <laughs> They wanted music. Interestingly enough, uh, we do come to you again, of course, with the dubious and very qualified support of the Greenhouse, the number one Raiders fan forum. Get on the web and get interacting with people about our beloved Green Machine. It is fantastic. Um, also, I want to give a shout out to our. We're introducing a new segment to our, uh, you know, favourite podcast listener of the week, and this one is Lee G. Big shout out to him, long time listener, uh, absolutely fantastic guy. Um, you know, I can't say when enough about him. When did we introduce him. this segment? We just introduced okay. it now. Okay. This is the Was the I consulted or? No, I'm the pork. Do I have to go consult <laughs> in order to do anything? Anyway, Lee G, listener of the week. Well done, you, Lee. You you absolutely rock. So that's fantastic. But talking about our listeners, we're, we're going to start off this week with some questions. Yes. So we've got quite a few um, listening questions. We, we put out a shout out. This is... We're on a roll. We are on a roll. We were just, just episode after episode, episode back to after back. Episode after episode. How, we'll probably keep it up as long as the Raiders keep on winning. Yeah, it probably has something to do with it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're going to go into listener questions. Okay, the first one, left, right, curly. How much is Guido paying you? Is this the aforementioned listener? It is, it is, Lee G. How much is he paying or me? Or what deeds has he done to earn this truly gratuitous and highly sycophantic special honour as listener of the week? As listener Hashtag of the week. Hashtag we need an investigation. An investigation. Well, I, I should review to you. Uh, Lee is a, a top man and, you know, I do him favours, he does me favours and, yeah, perhaps there might be some pork family members sitting in his seat this week. It could be the case. It could be the case. I can't say too much. Okay. Next question. Okay. Ryan Gillard. Gilby. Hello, Gilby. He's coming down for the last match of the season, too. He's coming all the okay, way where, down. Where does he live? He lives in Bridge Vegas. All right. Um, thoughts on what will happen next year with Aiden Caesar? This is a this is a hot topic at the moment. We're discussing. It's been in the news. Um, you know, six weeks ago, everyone couldn't see the back of Aiden Caesar fast enough, and mm. now he's coming to some form. We're like, oh, we're letting him go. We've got to keep him, but we can't keep everyone. But anyway, um, the great man has been in sizzling form. This is too much of the question. Since we announced George W signing and what happens to Sammy Williams as well? All right. Now, these matters are all up in the air, but this is exactly what Coach Ricky Stewart wants. He actually now has three-way competition for one position, which is absolutely fantastic. Every coach dreams of that. And Aiden Caesar has responded bloody brilliantly. His, his game has just taken another step up. He's looking fantastic. He's one of the reasons we're doing so well. Obviously, he's got a big test this week, but he's come out and said he's fighting for his position. He's contracted to the end of the next season. He doesn't think it's a fake. He said he's sticking around, but at the same time, he might, you know. But he said reports that he's heading over to um, the Super League are exaggerated. I would say they were highly exaggerated. I mean, he's a... 
He's got a lot of clubs that would be interested in him here, but not the least the one he's contracted to the Canberra Raiders, who are very happy with him at the present moment. Yeah, and you do you do wonder though how we would how we would be able to fit all these players coming in to the, you know to the salary cap, um, and at the same time without anyone necessarily going out. It doesn't seem really anyone's. Well, going let, out next let's year. not forget there's a whole lot of very cheap cattle on those books at this present moment. Yeah, so there's a whole lot. Now we have to heard talk of the. Uh, the not you know Josh Hodgson's obviously signed for another three years after yep. this one, but we've heard talk of Ryan Sutton, John Bateman, and Elliot Whitehead all being upgraded for long term contracts to meet that. And I don't think there's a single human who supports the Canberra Raiders who's not in favour of that. No, of course not. So obviously that does have salary cap impacts. Also, we've got Jordan Rapin who hasn't been re-signed yet, who's obviously one of the more popular players around the club and obviously one of our best players around the club. So you're right, something has to give. But I think Aiden Sees is about to make a very large statement on why he's not the bit that has to give, or if he is the bit that's going to give, it's going to be on his terms, and those terms are going to be very, very good. And I, for one, want to see Aiden Caesar uh, get the Clive Churchill medal on the uh, the first uh, on the October long weekend. Be very happy to see that. I'd happy to see any Raiders player get the Clive Churchill medal, as long as it's not, uh, you know. Bradley Clyde, a posthum- yeah, a posthumous <laughs> one. Yeah, that's right. No, we we definitely want to 19, see them. 19, also, nineteen ninety one, Bradley Clyde, get that, and also have the premiers ring yes. at the same time. There's been a. There's only two players that got on losing. It was he and, and DCE got one a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, DCE got one. Yeah. Um, is there one more? I'm Having said that, both of them were completely deserving. Maybe not DCE yeah. quite so much. But he did play a great game. But um, Brad Clyde, uh, how many tackles did he make in that match? Was it eighty plus? It was go. a lot, and and it was um, <coughs> unanimous too. Anyway, next question. Um, this is a continuation of the, the, the previous one, and it's from Bob Reed, and it says, I have a bad feeling Caesar will go. Well, I think it's most likely. It's a risk betting everything on G. Williams. Hodgson and co. worked out, but Jordan Turner was here too, and it didn't work. Jordan Turner came here as a journeyman. He did. He came here very cheaply. He did. He wasn't... I don't think you can... There's any comparison between George Williams and Jordan Turner. He didn't I don't think you got to, You need to worry too much there, Bob Reed. George, George Williams has been playing for the English side. Uh, he's been playing well. He defends well. He won the title with Wigan last year. He's well-credentialed. He's got full wraps of John Bateman and Ryan Sutton, who both says he's the business. He's not going to have um, to come in. And, and Wayne Bennett as well. And Wayne Bennett as well. That yeah. I had not heard. Yeah. But, you know... I. I don't well, think he's, he's, he's Wayne Bennett's his coach for England. I don't and, think. And I don't recently, think Wayne Bennett said, I think it was maybe towards the end of last year when the tri series was on. Um, he said that the two players he thought would make the best fist of NRL were actually uh, Bateman and Williams. So, yeah, well, pretty highly recommendation from them. Um, this is Bob Reed continue to say, I'd hate round ten to come next year and Williams isn't adapting. He's referring to George Williams here. And we're all wishing Caesar was still here. Well, it's a gamble, but everything's a gamble. Everything's and I a think that ultimately the club's decided that, you know, we've had a, a pretty good go with Aiden Caesar and, you know, that he's perhaps not the man to ultimately lead us to the promised land. But we'll see. Oh. Still time to go this season. Look, all I can say is competition is a wonderful thing. Aiden Caesar's playing great now, so let's not muck of with course it. Is. And, and look, one of the things people talking about George Williams coming is that he's a running player in quite a similar mould to Jack Whiten. Mm. Some people say he's more of a, a, a six than a seven as well. Mm. But, um, you know, the way we're going to structure the team around Hodgson, he's the main man anyway. Yeah. So we don't necessarily need and this is a another controlling re- seven. And, and Caesar's looking better now because he is running more. And that's right. And one of the other things you can't forget rule out here is that George Williams can also be 14. He'd be an awesome Unlikely. 14. Well, he can play hooker, he can play half, he can play 5'8". 
Why yeah. can't he play 14? It's a perfect yeah. person to come in and play 14. I don't think he's coming here to play 14, but anyway. Well, we, but we it's another see. option there. there. are many options. The other thing, there's still a lot to be worked out as well, because he does predominantly operate on the left, um, as does Jack White. Mm-hmm. So I've seen him do some stuff on the right, so we might be asked to play on the right. Uh, the thing I'll be really looking forward to seeing is, is the short kicking game as well. Yeah, yeah, the short kicking. And look, um, Aiden sees a short kicking game as well as Josh Hodgson's in the last couple of weeks have been great. They've been really bang on. A couple have gone over the dead ball line, but most have like pulled up and been really sharp kicks. But the best thing about it is when they've gone in, the chasers are bloody well known about it. They've yeah. been, they, it's not like you know all those times when you see a kick go in and no one's <clears> following. <throat> it's a great kick, but there was no point in it. Short kicking's changed. Like this season, short kicking's changed because there's been this the universal thing across the league mm. to block kicks now. Mm. Whereas they were, in the past, they were told not to yeah. try and stop them. Everyone tries to stop them now, so it's, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's, it's changed. Graham Adelsley's come in and he's not, he's, he, he doesn't want penalties. So as a result, there's easy penalties that go on out, which is holding the player, tackle player down in the defensive 20. That's the way you have to play it. And blocking kick chases, well, you've got to play it because no one's getting called for those things. So it's the easy ones to cut out if, you, if you're refereeing a game. So they have. And if you're not paying attention, that's your own fault. Mm. What other questions have we got? Um, so we've got one here, Dennis Carnahan. Mm. Of course, the man behind Rugby League the Musical, still touring some part of Queensland, I'm not sure which. Um, how to deal with the anxiety of being in the top four rather than coming 10th and having stupid optimism? Oh. Is, everyone is quite anxious at the moment. I know mm. I, I am too. I'm not happy um, about it. I'm not happy about the situation as it stands. Hope, not, hope is, you know, it's not the despair, it's the hope. Yeah. It's not the despair, it's the hope, people. And look, the great thing is we've got this hard run of matches and every single one you can say, well, if we don't win this one, you know, if we win this one, okay, we're still live and if we lose this one, we're not. If we, The problem with this weekend is if we beat the Roosters, it's a four-point game. So it doesn't only put us up two points, but they don't get yeah. two points either. <clears throat> so it's one of those things where you're actually leveraging and it makes it very hard to miss the top four. You know, out of the remaining five matches, you've really got to win two of those matches to make the top four at this stage. And if those two matches are against Manly and are against the Roosters, your top four is there because you're not going to get punched out. To make the top two, I think they're going to have to win a minimum of three of those matches. That's probably reaching a little bit, but um, I think it can be done. Um, And I think the model of the way they've been tapering off in, in the way they've prepared for games is, you know has been brilliant and case in point and we'll get to this later and the Warriors win what's our next question so anyway the hope I don't like the hope I don't know how to deal with it either I think we're all just going to have to suck it up there's a potential of tears if we let ourselves believe because then we'll be let down but you know what there's also a chance that we might reach out for glory and there'll be tears of joy and happiness yeah look I mean whether ultimately whether random acts of nudity we beat the Roosters or not this weekend it's a massive massive game big crowd Mm. you know the biggest game since 2016, which yeah, we said yeah. about that yeah, the, yeah. Uh, previous. We'll say again. <laughs> we'll, no, but we'll this one is. Saying. This is no, we'll but this is saying. that game. It is as big um, as that Melbourne Storm game that Monday night, and wasn't that wonderful, people? Do we all remember that? Yeah, but you know, we in the run into the finals in 2016, we beat the Storm, we beat Cronulla, but then we lost them in the finals. So yeah. if if we if we lose to the Roosters, well, this I'd weekend, argue we lost to Matt Chechen in the finals, yeah. but you know, if we lose the Roosters this weekend, then we beat them in the finals. Sing out here who, to Matt Chechen. I know you're a long-time listener, mate. Who, who, your friend from Facebook. Who, um, who will remember what happened in round? What it was this round? Twenty-two, uh, twenty-one, twenty-one, twenty. Yeah. It's been nineteen matches so far, and we've had a bye or this two round buys. Twenty-one. I reckon it might be twenty-three. Who knows? No, there's only one bye. Yeah, it was yeah that I know. weird split. 
but each side gets one by. Yeah. But there's split round. It's round twenty one. Yes, that's what I said. Yeah, right. Okay, you're right. What's the next? Okay, question? so Stephen Gladwish, uh, again mm. another long time listener, asks: Are run home compared to others in the top eight? Eels and Manly have better runs compared to our mammoth task ahead. They do, they do. But the Eels, let's not forget, are a fraud. Yeah, they're 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 not real. They're a myth of a side. They just don't have what it really takes. They might have a good run in there. But, you know, you'd be happy to be taking them on in a finals match. Manly, that's a different kettle of fish entirely. There's real steel. There's real, there's, there's stuff in there that actually matters. Yes, they've got a good run coming in. We've got a very hard run, but at the same time, we're also in a very good position. Manly's two points behind us and a hell of a lot of um, points differential mm. behind us. They're unlikely to make up in that time. So in reality, we're sort of two wins in front the, of them. The Titans didn't do us any favours on the weekend. No, they really didn't, did they? They really put <laughs> the queue much, in the rack. Pretty much exactly what I expected. I thought the, the Roosters are going to beat them and they're going to really boost their four and against the process. Yeah, and and I wasn't really disappointed. Did. No, no, they really did. So yeah, the Sea Eagles go away, the Warriors, who must be stinging, so there might be a chance, and that's a way, you know. Um, then Manly come home to West Tigers and there's no guarantees you'll beat them. They're, they're a solid side. Then they play us away. Then they play the Storm at home and then they play the Eels. So I don't think that's the easiest run I've ever seen. I, I, they could quite a, lose quite a few of those. They could even plummet out. Parramatta, you know, they're, they're at $21 to win win the flag at this present stage, or the cup, or whatever you care to call it. They've got to take Newcastle Knights, who will be stinging, who will be absolutely stinging. Then they're away to the Titans, and I mean, that's probably, effectively, the buyer, really, isn't yeah. it, given that? But then they play the Bulldogs, and the Bulldogs put the, the cleaners through Panthers the other day. Then they're yeah, away look, I, I, to I, the Broncos, and I, I wouldn't say they'll win that, and I like, then they're I like home the, to the Seagulls. I like the Bulldogs' grit. I and like and, and Darwin Wantin Zelezniak came out during the week and said Zelezniak Zelezniak said that they're they're still still hoping they can make the semis. Yeah, good on them. <laughs> good on them, mate. Look, 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 look. They're sitting there and they're where are they on now? They're on fourteen points with five to go, so they could finish on twenty four points and there could be a miracle. That how many could how many games does Paul McGregor say the Dragons have to win now? Uh, Paul McGregor <laughs> six out of five. Five out of yeah, six out of five at his present stage. Poor old Mary. I mean, if you lose Gareth Whitup and Jack DeBellin, you're going to struggle as a coach too, quite frankly. Yeah, I don't. Uh, mean but him. look, you look at South Sydney's run in, which is vastly helped by one thing we'll talk about in gear grinding later. They play the Storm in Sydney, then they play the Bulldogs, then they go away to the Broncos, away to the Warriors, and then home for the Sydney Roosters. So they've got a pretty rough run there too if things don't go their way. Um, so that doesn't suit them in the slightest at all. And then you've got the Rooters, of course, who we're playing this weekend. So they start off their rough run by playing us. Then they come home to the Warriors, which is going to be close to a bye. Then they're away to St George, which is easy. Then they host the Panthers, who if they still have a chance at that stage will be a rough match. And then in the last round they play, uh, there's a four-point match there in the Roosters. And sorry, in the Rabbitohs. So there's a whole lot of things. I think we can accept right now that Melbourne is going to come first. Yeah, I mean, they'd have to literally stop dead for not to get first, and someone has to go really well in order to do it. Um, but yeah, look, they they got to run. But I think the Raiders can only worry about the next match and winning each one. They win two more matches, they will make the top four. It's it's really you know there's there's, there's two differing schools of thoughts. Do mm. you want to have the hardest run possible in the finals to be mm. battle hardened, mm. or do you want to you know have an easy route in? It's hard to know. say. I want top four. I think top four is what you need to be. Whether it's one, two, three, or four, it doesn't matter. Getting one of those four, top yeah. four positions. Ideally, Guaranteed a home final either way with top four as well. It'd be best to get two or three at this stage because I, I you know, believe if we win the two-three match, then we have a home prelim now. That's yeah. the way they're going to do it. And... You know, ideally it would be great to have two home matches before going to ANZ, but Ricky Stewart would be appalled with this talk. He just is, wants us to think about the Roosters match. Turn up in numbers one game at and a time. yell abuse. One game at a time, because each game is the most important game that's coming up. Next question. 
Okay, this is from Steve. Yep. How, question one, how long does our premiership window last? Do we have two to three years with this squad to be top four each year? Yeah, I think we got two to three years. I think we got well, this year we and two after this. That's what we hope. I think. I, I think mean, the biggest, the most disappointing thing about 2016 um, wasn't so much the heartbreaking defeat to the storm and coming so close. It was actually how bad we were in, in, in 2017. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, we let Josh Hodgson go away, play for England. He did his knee. That stuff. That was, no, no, that was 2018. Was it? Yeah, 2017, we got no excuse. Don't we? But we lost we lost Vaughan and we lost Fensum and we just didn't have the depth that we'd had the previous year and Williams racked off as well. I mean, yeah. that was part of the problem. The depth went... And the other thing was we kept losing matches in 2017 because we kept trying to go for those miracle tries instead of grinding out wins like we're doing now. Yeah. I think the whole mindset of the team has changed now. They grind first and flash second. Like the, la the last try in the first half of the against the Warriors match, you're unlikely to see that until such point as the size four tries up. Uh, question two, random one. Why did our 2017-18 issues, Austin's defence, poor halves form, poor finish to games, not exist in 2016? Was 2016 a fluke? No, it wasn't a fluke. We had depth, and we had depth for a reason. That was, you know, all the planets aligned at the present at, at that perfect stage. One, players that we'd signed worked out unexpectedly. So Josh Hodgson came through brilliantly. Cia Soliola <clears throat> worked out brilliantly. Clay Priest came up and not just held his position, but did really well. We had Paul Vaughan, Sean Fensom and Sam Williams sitting in the Mounties at that particular stage. And let's not forget, mid-season, we got Joe Tarpanay and we got Junior Paulo. Yeah. Who landed in our I think laps. a lot of 2016, we got that roll through Boyd and Paulo. Yeah. Up the middle, though, and then we had the, the, you know, the back five yeah. making a lot of metres from dummy half. And, we just, just... and the pass is stuck. Yeah, it wasn't a fluke. It just things went well, you know. And one of the things you need in rugby league, there's the you know the article I'm writing for the Roar at the present moment is basically talking about what a coach needs. One, you need superstar players. There are very few of those, but you need yeah. a superstar. I'd say arguably we've got one in in Josh Hodgson. We do. Um, I'd say you need good cattle surrounding those. So you need good players who've had experience in internationals, Origin, and finals matches. We've now got that. Yeah. Right. Then you need um, to basically have luck. You need luck. And the thing is, when we saw Luke Keary But you also need... The third thing uh, is, is, the, is the depth yeah. um, diamond in the rough. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's the last thing. The next thing you need, though, is luck. And it's like when you saw Luke Keary saying everyone should get over those rotten decisions, and you just thought, well, it's easy for you to say up there. <laughs> All sides get luck, but yeah. some sides need it more. And when they don't get it, it hurts more. So when you're on those precipice of needing to win those six games to run in and one decision goes against you that costs a match, it means more than when you're up by 18 and you get the decision against you. And it's very easy for Kiri to say, suck it up. But those of us down and rolling around the mud really get hurt. And then the last thing is, has your coach managed to make the meat and potatoes players sustainable? And this year we're looking at Dinamis Louie. All of a sudden, he's not just thrown in there. He's doing a good job. Yeah. He's doing his job. And also Simonson and also Osborne yeah. and of course CNK. You know, we we've got to an extent lucky yeah. with them coming through. But it's not just lucky, it's been very, very good recruitment. And I think people need to understand that when we miss, and there was a dark stage in the Raiders past, when we missed out on Proctor and Tedesco reneged, everyone thought, How the hell are we ever gonna get players? And the Raiders sat down and said, Bugger this for a strategy. 
let's not try and do the South Logan recruitment. It's not working for us. We're not going to attract other players. Let's look somewhere else. And they went to England. They got Sia Soliola. They got Josh Hodgson. They got Elliot Whitehead. Um, they found Joe Tarpanay, who was a junior somewhere else, because through Mulholland. And, sorry, not through Mulholland, through Crawley. Yeah. And they brought those players down and they started working out and we've built on that and now we've actually got a whole different player set. We're not relying on anyone else. It's our own little caveat. And it's been great recruitment. It's been great recruitment. Who did we recruit that was a star when we recruited them? Bateman, arguably, and that's yeah. about it. No, we, but, but we've never... We've never really recruited players that were stars. I mean, BJ yeah. is a star. Well, he is He now. was a star. He was damaged goods... Yeah. But he was well-credentialed. Yeah. When he first went to the Knights, he was carving up. Yeah, but then... I guess we got Blake Ferguson in, in the same sort of state. But they were, they were you know, like a U-Butte fixer-up. It had some panel damage, but, you know, yeah. looking for a loving, lo- loving owner. Speaking of questions, we've just had another one come in, and it's from Matt Linton. And it says, should BJ have a run in the Mounties before Absolutely, playing Absolutely, and in the top he will. Team? He will play in yellow and black this weekend. Are you sure? Positive of it. You've had, you've had that on good authority? I have not had it on good authority. I'm just telling you now, I will be stunned if after the layout he's had that he doesn't have at least half a game. He'll have half a game in the traditionally, like Traditionally, that was always the way. Players coming back from long-term injury. There's no way in the world you're going to put him up against um, the two Rooster centres, Mitchell I mean, yeah. or, um, God, what's his name? Manu? Yeah, Joey Manu. Yeah, you're not going to put him up against either of those two without a run first. Kotrick will be fine and, yeah. and Craker will be fine. Just that, do that. The thing about, the thing about um, the Roosters is they've got so many good players, so much strike, mm. so much um, focus you know, on on the big names. Someone like Manu is an absolute gun. He's a total gun. <laughs> he's oh, yeah, an yeah. absolute gun. He oh, gets yeah, yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he's not even on the star list for them. You think, oh, goodness, I'm frightened of him, you know. Yeah. I'm frightened of him in a big way. So what other questions have we got here? Uh, that pretty much covers. Oh, that's good. Right, questions. well, let's go back over the Warriors win. Um, you know what was great about that? They didn't train. They went, bugger it, we got a five-day turnaround. We're not wasting any effort on this. They basically did a... They did Just a, went to the haunted house and that was it. They went to the cool-down session in Sydney on the, the Monday morning. They went for the recovery session. Then they flew to New Zealand and they basically did, apart from a few light things, they did sweet F.A., um, in regards to um, you know training, and they looked fresh, you know. And by the end of the first forty minutes, I mean the game was in the bag, and they could really taper off from that. And now we've got an eight-day turnaround until this match, so hopefully they've actually managed to run, um, you know, their fitness. It was a really smart way of doing it because I don't think we've ever won a five-day turnaround game before. That was the very first time, and that was a five-day turnaround literally with a whole heap of travel. So winning that was great. If they can then back it up with a win over the Roosters, um, gee, it's a good position. So I, I think they're good. Roosters have had one day less, but they haven't had to travel. Um, you know, it was good. So there's no training. We had grinding attack rather than flashy attack. It was grinding, smashing attack, which was nice. They kept the ball alive, but they really pinpointed stuff and they got through. After a tough ten min- first 10 minutes again, was tough, but as soon as we busted them, gee, they busted in half, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, the, you, you got to question the Warriors, don't you? Yeah, you really do. The effort, it's yeah, the effort wasn't there. No, it wasn't. Joe Joe Tarpanay, he was good. He looked, um, he looks like he's really coming. We quite sort of questioned him a few weeks ago, mm. but he really looks as though he's finding, oh yeah, finding his fault. That little sort of step to score that try at the end was beautiful. He's got great feet, and he's really smashing at the line. He's really hurting people in defence. My only fear for Joe is going to get suspended. Um, because the, he the plays the Raiders. But, I mean, the best thing about the Warriors win, got the two <coughs> points, no injuries, no suspensions, came home. You know? And that's, that's just... Yeah, you couldn't ask for more. You could, I mean, that's what we wanted from that. It, it, was, it was one of those things where we've got to do it, you've got to do it. Now we've got the Roosters game. And, look, it's a have-to-win, must-win. 
Um, Jamie Sow, who I hate quoting because, you know, he's just been a complete pillock to me every time I've tried to interview the man when he was on the field. He made it well. It's not, it's not season-defining, but it certainly is a good check of where they are. If the Raiders don't win but they're close and they give it a run for their money, it's not all is not lost because they know yeah. they're in that thing where they can lose. If they get smacked... It could be I don't bad. think I don't think that's going to happen, but <coughs> we, look, it can. We, we shall see. I mean, it's interesting enough. We managed to beat the Roosters at home this time last year when yeah. there was nothing to play and for, was no, and they had everything to play yeah, for. Yeah. But I think they were tapering. But look, we we have to face the fact that that backline, that backline, the Roosters are coming us with. Look, you know, as much as I love our backline, there is no question that is the best backline in the competition at this stage. Kronk, Kiri, Manu, Mitchell, and the wings. You've got Morris, Tupo, and, to, and you've got Tedesco at the back. That's just ridiculous. That's <coughs> that's like... That's ridiculous. That's almost like if you were, you know, had any budget you wanted. That's pretty close to the back It's interesting, though, in, the, in the, um, the game in Magic Round where we played them at the start of the season. Mm. We played them in Brisbane, but it was, you know, Roosters, Roosters home game. Um, they really... We got off to a strong start, and we sort of came back into the game right at the end. There, almost mm. snatched it, but um, they got they, off a strong start. They just rolled us up the middle. Yeah, yeah. And it was actually the size. JWH is back to his best again this year. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's that's where we've got to we've got to match them in the forwards. Well, he's he, just back from a week off, so um, you know he he'll, he'll be nicely rested. Um, but you know, in that, do you match, think we dodged a bolt when we didn't sign him for a million dollars a year? Remember that? Yeah, well, that was one of the times the same as Proctor and. That was before. It was the year before. It, it might have been, and we missed. And that he, was, he was he was cited. He was cited at um, it was the year before. It was like twenty fourteen. He was cited at uh, at Kingston Foreshore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was had had, had um, lunch with his missus there in the yeah. club. Yeah. So Takiaho was there. Radley and Ria Hargraves was there. Crichton, Cordner, and Louis were the forward patch with Butcher, Tedavado. Uh, Tupanua and Orbison on the bench, and that was um, the last time we played them. Whereas our Orbison starting, Orbison starting now. Yeah, he is, but that's because they got injuries. Yeah. So our our pack then was uh, Dynamis Louis, Hodgson, pa- Papali, Whitehead, Hudson Young, and Ryan Sutton was our pack there. No with Bateman. The bench. No Bateman. No Bateman. Um, and our bench was Havili, Simonson, Soliola, and Horsburgh was the bench there. So if you track forward to the current we're, round, which is 21... We're looking better, whereas they're probably their not looking... Their pack isn't looking quite as yeah. good. So their pack is going to be uh, Isaac Liu, who is um, actually in super form. He's as bad as a good as good as form as he gets. He was great in last year's grand final. He's great now. But then you've got Sam Verrills, who's played five games playing at hooker for them. You've got Jared Rhea Hargraves, who's, you know, 407 years old. Um, you know, he's still in very good, but, you know, he's... he's 193 centimetres. Yeah, and 108 kilos, apparently. Yeah. He's paid 200... So he, he's in really good form. He's come back after a week off. You've got Mitch Orbison playing in the second row. And then you've got Angus Crichton, who's come back into form since being heavily criticised in the other second row spot. And then you've got Victor Radley. You don't lose anything with Victor Radley. He is an absolute competitor. Then you go to the bench, though. You've got Butcher, Tedavanu, uh, Famasuli, and Tupanua on the bench. So you're missing a few players there. You're missing Boyd Courtney. You're missing Jake yeah. Friend. Um, uh, you're missing a few things that are there. And when you look at our pack of Soliola, Hodgson, Papali, Whitehead, Bateman, Tarpanay, then coming off the bench with Havili, Louis, so and Horsburgh, and Sartre, and Sartre. first and time Sartre. No, he didn't. No, so we got Tarpany and Bateman back in yeah, there. And, and you've got Havili, Louis, Horsburgh, and Sutton on there coming off the bench. I think the pack is very good. If the Raiders are going to win this weekend, it's going to be because the pack outdoes their pack and they grind it up. I'd expect the Raiders to be playing very heavily through the middle 
in this in this match, staying away pretty much from the outsides until you know the the opportunity mm. presents itself. But really taking the Roosters on in the pack because I think in previous years they might have really struggled there. But I think that's probably the place where you look at it because anyone who's not terrified of James Tedesco is an idiot. If you're oh, not, yeah. if you're not scared of James Tedesco <laughs> and Latrell Mitchell, in fact that entire backline, you're out of your so mind. So Bateman's on Latrell's side. Yeah, and that'll I, be good. It, it should be good. But the thing is here. Cooper Cronk, we've seen it before, if his forward pack doesn't go forward, if his forward pack gets pushed around, we saw this at the Storm, we've seen at the Roosters, they get pushed around, they don't make the space for him to move, he can get frustrated. And if he gets frustrated and he doesn't have the room to move, um, let's see what happens. Look, that's the way it's going to go. If it goes down to the back line, I, I hope we can hold on and give him a good, good fight there, but they'll be very tough to hold. But I think our forward pack might be the spot where, where we try and win this match. Um, that's what I'm hoping for, Blake. Yeah, I hope so too. Mm. Uh, Cooper Crunk, we've got to watch. He's had a habit of scoring tries against us when he was at the Storm. Those little yeah, close yeah. range, oh, yeah. just from a few metres out yeah. going over. Oh, yeah. I'd say John Bateman will be interested in his, his whereabouts and what he's doing, as will Elliot Whitehead. Yeah. I'd say they'll be interested in what he's doing, having having a quite close conversation with the man. Um, that's the sort of thing that Cooper really loves, having people come in close contact with him. Because, you know, one of the things that Cooper's always been very, very good at is looking like such a clean skin um, while, in fact, tackling players off the ball. In 2016, the, the times we met the Storm, he made us, and we met them three times, he made a habit of making sure that every time that Jared Croker got the ball, even if it, the ball had long since gone past or whatever, or even if you didn't get it, of tackling him and putting him on the ground and throwing him down. He did it every single time. Every single time he attacked him. He's probably on coach's instructions. Oh, I'm certain he was, but he was literally a niggling player. But one thing we do know is Cooper doesn't like niggle in return. And if you actually get to a point where you can actually get stuck into him, put some pressure on him, Cooper does not like it. Mm. He does not like it. He doesn't deal with it well. If he gets off Cooper's, you know... A namaste run, um, you know, like if he gets, if you push him off centre, he's not so great. The next problem then, though, is Luke Keary doesn't care about that stuff. You can give him as much crap as you want. He's up for the contest. He's a bit of a brawler, and he's bloody good. Mm. So, you know, who knows? But um, going back to one of our more regular sta- uh, segments that we have, uh, why we love John Bateman. Bateman! Um, and why do we love him? Because it looks like he's going to resign long term. Yeah, what's funny because when we first signed him, that, that report came out from Wigan saying that was he was only coming for two years. Yeah, and then he's and then he was going to go back, and then he said then it was like he's got a option for the third year. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think he's I think he's he's settled into his groove and lock him in. Yeah, oh of course, lock him in. Give the man what he wants. Um, he's worth it. We love you, John. We know you're out there listening. Um, but yeah, no. Fantastic, and uh, yeah, no, it, that, that's a great thing. But um, there have been a few things that have irritated us, though, haven't there? And uh, so once more, it's time for our regular segment of Blake on the Burst. I thought it was going to be grind, Grinds the Gears. No, we're Blake on okay. the Burst first. Blake on the Burst is going to be a quick one. It's not that exciting. They usually aren't. Jeez, you uh, really talk up these segments, yeah, Blake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our, our ability to find make distance when finding touch from penalties. Oh, have you noticed how bad we are at it? Other teams will kick, get a penalty. They'll boot the ball 30 or 40 metres down the field. Aiden Caesar kicks it about two metres. Yeah, but it's, it goes into out. touch. It goes into touch. But why is he the one taking the touch finders from penalties? When well, we do you know, remember when we took a few earlier in the season and we didn't find touch? Well, Going about, for a really big kick? 
we've, we've, got, we've got another player in the team mm. who's got a really big boot. Mm-hmm. And we know he's very good at kicking the ball out in the full. Mm. Why isn't Jack White taking them? Well, he was the player who failed to find touch oh, right. twice going full. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I think the major thing in those situations is just make sure you actually get the next set of six. So, yeah, it's always nice. I remember years ago with the Brumbies, Andrew Walker used to do his penalties and right close to the line could do these spiralling things that went to 160 metres and they were ridiculously long kicks. But I also remember them spiralling the other way and giving the, the ball back to the other team. Yeah. You know? So I think the Ricky major Stewart thing is, used to be good at the old uh, penalty touch finder, didn't he? He was very good, but mostly Mal took them. Really? Yeah, Mal took most of those penalty touch finders. Ricky, Ricky took him occasionally, Laurie took him occasionally, but mostly Mal took him back in the day. So yeah, no, okay. Well, no, I could, I could see Blake being on the burst about that. I would like some a few more meters as well. Yeah, I would like a few. Coming more to the finals, just a few more. All right, but you know there have been some things that have in, annoyed me as well, Blake. In fact, you might say they've ground my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? And you know what ground my gears this week? There's been is a it, few things. Is it to do with the New Zealand Postal Service? Yeah. First off, <laughs> so we get. Can I say something? At a certain age, right? Yeah. Um, and clearly, you're about to hit that age. Yeah. You think that um, your sort of trials and tribulations with um, postal services yeah. and, and, and telecommunications companies yeah, and yeah. stuff are of interest to the wider public yeah, yeah. and people outside yourself. Yeah, you're right. <coughs> and so they're we'll... actually very boring, Tim. Oh, they're very boring. <laughs> they're very so boring. My father-in-law constantly complained about Telstra. And then I said, here is this, I presented him the solution to his problem. Mm. And he wasn't interested at all because if once the problem was solved... Oh, so you're well, saying I want to complain for the sake of fucking playing. Well, you know what grinds my gears? It's fuckers out. like you. Yeah, you grind my gears. Okay. Anyway, anyway, tell us your awesome story about the Postal Service. So an awesome friend of mine had his father-in-law turning 60 and wanted a present. He said to me, can you get Ricky to sign this jersey? And I said, usually I would, but he's already in New Zealand. And I thought, hang on, hang on, hang on. Craig, long-time listener, Craig Norenberg, can actually take the jumper to Ricky, get it signed, whack it in the post, get it here by Friday. That's fantastic. All of that stuff went down. The hard bit, getting the jersey, getting to Ricky, getting it signed. And Ricky got mad because I made him write an essay on the shirt. Got done. (laughs) Took it to New Zealand Post. International Express Courier, how did it, 63 so you posted, bucks. You no, no, Craig posted it. No, but how did it get from to New Zealand in the first place? Uh, Craig got the shirt. Oh, right. Craig got the shirt. Um, posted it at Eastridge, right? 22 kilometres from the New Zealand, from the Auckland airport. International Courier Express, one to three days, it said, from door to door. They said 63 bucks. It took them 49 hours to get it from Eastridge, 22 kilometres to Auckland airport and at this stage seven days later we still haven't re- uh, received it so all our new zealand listeners out there or anyone who's thinking about new zealand post don't use someone else they're a pack of useless fucking assholes sorry about the swearing people but it was necessary um second um talking again about service providers within this ticket tech so i'm in there ordering tickets for my friends for this match on saturday morning and i selected the bay and everything they had to be in to, in order for the post-match functions and going down there, I selected the whole damn thing. It said there, said, check your tickets. I checked my tickets. They said, and when you're happy, hit submit. I submitted it. It flinged them to the other side of the ground. So I instantly tried to get in contact with Ticketek. They didn't care. And by the time they actually got back to me, which was three and a half days later, they said, oh, it's all sold out in that area, and then sent me some sort of script. So fuck you too, Ticketek. Fuck you. Yeah, um, I'm gonna have to edit out of the swearing, and you can tell you work in the public service because obviously, like, these are the biggest dramas they've had happen to you in the last week. Okay, and the last thing. Now we're getting back to actual <laughs> football here. 
that grinds my gears. And no, no, I, sorry, swearing is something we do on this podcast, especially when it's, it's warranted, and it's warranted in both those cases. The Sam Burgess non-suspension. So we've got a situation where Jake Trebojevic doesn't get suspended for the same uh, or sent off for the, exactly the same spear tackle that Nick Kotrick did. And we've got a situation where Jimmy Maloney gets suspended for tripping, which didn't hurt anyone, yet Sam Burgess, with a record for thumping people in the head with swinging tackles, gets his charge downgraded for smacking Matt Moyle in the head. And basically, he didn't go off with concussion at the time, but we'll miss this week's match as, as residual. Yeah. And the is. NRL, the NRL does absolutely nothing about it. They say, that's okay, you can play again this week, Sammy. You're playing the Storm, we want you there. I mean, maybe that's what other people have alleged, I don't know. I think it's just general incompetence in general. But now, this is the worst thing. We'll complain about this and say it's really bad, and you know what they'll do? They'll have a knee-jerk reaction, and this week they'll either send off or suspend a Raiders player for something that's not as bad. <laughs> and you watch it freaking happen. I mean... What all these recent events make me think that we should have gone to the judiciary with the Nick Kodrick one and fought it because a guy with, you know, absolute clean record, never yeah. done a dirty thing ever, yeah. has one tackle, it goes horribly wrong, and he gets unintentionally, and he gets three weeks. And, and Sam Burgess, and, and someone with who's more charges than, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and then he gets nothing whatsoever. And gets, gets like a $1,500 fine, yeah, which, yeah. which, you know... 1900 Oh, $1,900 fine, you know, which obviously to him, even if he comes out of his own pocket, it's not a whole lot. Yeah, and he plays this week. I think his winning bonus will be about that amount of money, won't it? I mean, if they beat the Storm. Anyway, yeah. that grinds my gears. It, it's just pathetic. It really is pathetic. And I think the only way we have anything to do with it, because clearly NRL HQ isn't going to change anything, is if some of those latte-sipping... Sav Blanc sipping commission members who are just sitting on another board by the sound of it actually take up the you know the gauntlet and say this isn't good enough we're meant to actually be making this sport good and consistent and part of that is making sure that the fans aren't constantly outraged by this absolutely diabolical system which has some players getting absolutely smashed and other players getting absolutely nothing whatsoever. Let's try and get people in there who can make it consistent in one way or another. Let's actually do that. So here's to you, Peter Vlanders. Here's to you, Jamie Lang. Here's to you, you know, all your people sitting on that uh, commission. Actually, I really encourage you to actually get out and do your job and make NRL HQ a professional organisation because that's actually your job. And you know what, Blake? It grinds my gears, they don't. It grinds my gears. But, I don't know how I feel about that one. You don't? You don't know how I feel about it? <laughs> look, but look, the good thing is, you know, within, amongst all this, there are still reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. One, two, three. Look, three wins from five will get us top four. It just will. And if you'd given us this position last year, you know, and said you'd be in this position next year, we would have all chopped our arm off in exchange for that, I think. I think it's fairly safe. Uh, Jay Tarpanay's form. Really coming good just at the right time. He's looking fantastic. He's looking dangerous, and he's looking. It just adds an extra dimension. Joey Le Lewis imminent return. Yeah, which may or may not be this weekend. I don't think it'll be this weekend, but he's back, which is fantastic because we were told he's out for the season, and now him coming in, the depth now in the back line is ridiculous. Um, and it's, I feel very upset that um, Bailey Simonson might get dropped. I'd still be very heavily considering putting him on the bench. Yeah. Uh, I really would. I just His form has been too good. He's played too well this season to not be in the top squad. Going to the Mounties at this stage is like... I don't know where we fit him. I don't know who goes out. And it's horrible that someone has to get... I mean, it's a coach's dream, but, gee, I feel sorry for him. He's been fantastic. <coughs> Kotrick back. You know, with a, with a bee in his bonnet is absolutely, especially for this week where he's going to have a specific point to prove about why he should be there against those two particular centres too. And Ryan Sutton, 
the big unit's back on the bench. And don't forget how much he adds in defence for the side. He's a tireless workhorse, hell of a bloke, big unit, nicely rested now. He's coming back. Um, look, there's so many reasons to be cheerful. Another reason to be cheerful, it's going to be cold, horrible polar weather this weekend. Hopefully it'll freeze the roosters you know, off the park and we can have a massive crowd out there that you know, really gets the boys home to a win. And we can really start thinking about, you know, playing our own game, not playing catch-up football, but like really going in and putting the squeeze on sides coming into, into this final session. So reason to be cheerful. We're not just still in it now. We might actually be a contender. Yeah. Just one more question has come through. It's a last-minute one. Uh, just quickly cover it. Uh, Tim, when are you coming by the house? My car isn't going to wash itself. Ask Stuart from Deakin. What's... What's that one about? Asked you about from Deacon. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about that call. It's Ricky. It's written, he, no. wants, he wants to know when you're going to come by and wash his car. Does he? Do you, do you do that when you finish mowing the lawn or? Do whatever the coach <laughs> tells me to do. And so should you. And so should all the defense. We do. We're here to do what Ricky needs us to do in order to get the next win. If that happens to be washing the Maserati, then wash the Maserati, I shall. One more um, public service announcement while we're at it before we go. Uh, yeah. A listener, um, Christian, has contacted us. He's desperately in need of a copy of the original 7-inch vinyl single yeah. of the uh, Would You Camberator song, yeah. a.k.a. Bad and Mean Green Machine. Yeah, so if yeah. anyone has a spare copy... A spare copy? Don't you have a spare copy? No, I've got one copy. I've got one copy as yeah. well. It's not spare. It's not surplus to my requirements. No, no, I need mine as well. Yeah, but um, I might have them on one somewhere, but it's, you know, it could be anywhere. But anyway, uh, if anyone does have one they're willing to part with or sell or whatever, just get in touch with uh, Raiders Review. Yes. At Blake and Pork. Oh, yeah, Raiders And help a fellow Raiders fan out. Yeah, no, that's been fantastic. And once more, you have been listening to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, brought to you with the very dubious, <laughs> dubious and qualified support of the Greenhouse um, and coming to you from the filthiest, most disgusting storeroom hidden somewhere in uh, Civic, of which the location will never tell you the uh, location of, will we, Blake? No. Uh, I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And we'll talk to you soon. Blake and the Pork. Oh!